Remember? Jesus' healing. healing crusade. And so the premise of it is, is uh, you know, I've been to different healing meetings over the years with different evangelists. And, and uh, I always thought from the time I was, was a kid, I always thought it would be neat to be in Jesus' healing meetings. And, uh, of course, we can't go back 2,000 years, you know, and, and be in his, his uh, crusades. Uh, but we can go into the Bible, and we can follow him every step of the way. Oh, would you turn the lights? I thought it was a little dark in here today. Hey, that looks better. So, hey, uh, so anyway, uh, we're going into the Bible, and we've been doing this now for several weeks. And we're, we're following Jesus in his healing, in his healing uh ministry and uh it, it's it's a phenomenal a phenomenal thing to follow him as he heals the people and uh does anybody remember what our main scripture is for this acts ten thirty eight. so let's look at that how god that's the heavenly father anointed jesus of nazareth okay now jesus is the second member of the trinity but he became a human being and uh, and 100% God, 100% man. So the Heavenly Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And that, that word power, is in the Greek it's dunamis. We get our English word dynamite. So God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil... For God was with him. And we understand that the devil is the oppressor and God is the healer. And so God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And uh, remember we also, we'll not look the scripture up, but we've looked it up several times. When people came to Jesus' healing meetings and things... Uh, remember, the people did not just come to be healed. They came first to what? To, to what? To hear. to hear and be healed. Okay, and I gave you that, that verse several times over the last several weeks. We won't look it up today. But see, a lot of times people want to come just to be healed. And they get little to no results. But, but uh, in Jesus' healing meetings... People would come to hear and then be healed of whatever it was that was afflicting them. So they came to hear and be healed. And uh, remember, Jesus' ministry, as you study into it, he went about what? Teaching, preaching, and healing. So two-thirds of his ministry, you could say, was teaching and preaching or verbal, see? And again, a lot of times people, they just went in on the... On, on, the, on the healing, but you don't get to the healing as you should without the, without the hearing. So you need the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God, okay? And remember, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So people would come to Jesus' meetings, they would hear His preaching and His teaching. It would build faith in their hearts, okay? And what does it take to receive from God? It takes what? It takes faith, right? 
Remember how we've, we've looked at the different uh, people that got healed by Jesus so far? And again and again, what would he say? He, he would say, he'd say, it's your faith that's made you well. Well, now we understand it's a power of God that heals people, but it's our faith that taps into and touches, touches that power, the power of God. So people would come, they'd come to hear the word of God, and then faith was built in their heart, and then that faith would tap the power of God that was on the Lord Jesus, and they'd be healed, okay? And so that's, that's just a little bit of a, of a review. And so let's go, let's pick up with the new material, the new material here. And if you've missed any of the, uh, the previous sessions, they're all for free on our Facebook page, on, on YouTube, our, face, our, our Facebook page on YouTube, our YouTube page, Facebook page, and then on our website. So you can catch up on everything we've said over the last many weeks if you've missed any of it. So let's pick up with the new material, Mark chapter 6 and verse 1. Mark chapter 6 and verse 1. Uh, it says, Then he went out from there and came to his own country. Now he comes into Nazareth. No. Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. So he, he comes to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, now here it is, he began to what? He began to, to what? He began to teach, didn't he? He began to teach in the synagogue. So Jesus was a teacher, a preacher. And so he begins to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Now you need to realize that he had done no mighty work here in Nazareth. They had heard about what he had been doing in other places. Okay? And now he comes to his hometown, and they have heard of the things that he had done in other places. And they're, they're astonished with it. And they say, you know, uh, you know, what wisdom is this which is given him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? And then they say, is, not, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So you understand that Mary and Joseph had other, had other children after Jesus. Jesus was born of the virgin, Correct. Mary was a virgin when she had Jesus, but then after he was born, then they had, they had children through the natural means. Of course, Jesus was virgin born, but you need to know he had brothers and sisters. And, and so uh, they're saying, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and so on? And notice they were offended in him. Now, I'm going to show you why they were offended in him here in just a moment. But they were offended in him. Because right now, just from what we've read, we wouldn't realize why they were offended. I mean, we wouldn't really realize why they were offended. Now, notice in verse 4, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and his own house. And watch this. Now, he could do no mighty work there. He could do no mighty work there. Didn't say he, he wouldn't do. It said what? He couldn't do. Now you think about that. You think about that. You see, we, we need to realize uh, that, you see, we, we get this thinking in our head sometimes that everybody that came to Jesus, you know, 
or, or let me put it another way, that every place Jesus went, everybody got healed. But that's not so, is it? Now, he healed multitudes and multitudes, and, and we've looked at that, how he healed. He, and, and everybody who came to him in faith got healed, okay? Let's put it that way. But you need to realize that, you know, and, and I always had this thinking in my head that everywhere Jesus went, people are going to just be healed. But it's not so. Now, when people came to him in faith, they got healed. We're going to look at a situation later on. We won't get to it today, but he went up uh, into that, that area where they had a lot of crippled people, you know. And there was that man that, you know, there was the troubling of the water for an angel. The Bible says came down, troubled the water, first one stepped in would be healed and so on and so forth. We'll talk about that later. But, but there was several porches or, or big areas, we'll say it that way, of crippled people. And yet we only have record that one man got healed in, in, in that situation. And all those other crippled people did, didn't receive anything. Remember we looked at some weeks ago when Jesus was teaching in, 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 in a house, you know. And, uh, and the Bible says the power of God was present to heal. Remember that? But yet we only have record of one person getting anything. That man that they lowered down, they tore the roof off and lowered that guy down. Remember that? The Bible says Jesus saw their faith. See, So you need to realize that, that, that everywhere Jesus went, not everybody got healed. But everybody who came to him in faith did get healed. You, you, you need to realize that. Okay? But here in Nazareth, here in Nazareth, verse 5, he could do no mighty work there. Not that he wouldn't. He couldn't. Can you imagine that? That Jesus couldn't do something? Well, he couldn't, he couldn't do no mighty work there. And, and we're going to find out, we're going to see, that it was because of their unbelief. Remember, unbelief will cause the power of God not to flow. The power of God will not flow through doubt and unbelief. It takes belief in the Lord, faith. Belief and faith, same thing. You know, believing from your heart and faith is the same thing. It takes that to receive from God. And so these people... Uh, were offended at him. We'll see why in a moment. Now, he could do no mighty work there, except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So there were some people that, that, that got healed, but he couldn't do any mighty works there. And then he marveled, notice verse 6, he marveled because of their what? Because of their unbelief. And then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching well, why did he do that? Because teaching, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he's trying to get these people's faith up, I suppose. But be that as it may, he couldn't do no, he could do no mighty work there. Uh, we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people over the last 20 plus years, 25 years, healed of all kinds of things in this ministry. Cancer. Fibromyalgia. Last week we talked about how two people's feet were instantly healed in, a, in one of our services in days gone by. Ulcerated corneas of the eye. All, all sorts of things. Now I can't heal anybody. 
Jesus is the healer. He's still in the healing business today. But you need to realize that not everybody that's come through here that we've prayed for has been healed. And a lot of times folks will put the minister down and say, well, you know, he, he, he couldn't get that one healed. Well, folks, I can't get anybody healed. It's the power of God. You understand that? But the power of God, see, a lot of times folks look at the minister, well, well, he mustn't have the power of God. Well, did Jesus have the power of God? We just read that he did, Acts 10, 38. Is that right? He had the power of God. And we can see from another verse that we looked at earlier in, the, in this series, he had the power of God without measure on his life, didn't he? And he, and he couldn't get these people healed. He got a few healed. One uh, translation said he, he laid his hands on a few with minor ailments and they got healed. But he couldn't do any mighty work there. Why not? Because of their unbelief. See, so when somebody doesn't receive, a lot of times, you know, I know it from my end of it as the person praying for the sick. They'll say, oh, that, that preacher, he, he didn't get everybody healed. You know, he mustn't have the power of God. Well, did Jesus get everybody healed? No. You know, uh, I've learned this in the healing ministry that, that the preacher, we need to pray and seek God and, and be sure we're, we're hooked up with the power of God as, as, as the preacher. But you know, uh, the, the person on the receiving end uh, that, that's getting prayed for, they have a part to play too, don't they? There's got to be faith. Just childlike faith in, in your heart, believing, believing in the Lord, you see. But these people didn't have that. And so they didn't, there was no mighty work done. So Jesus didn't get everybody healed every place he went, did he? We just, we just see, saw that. Now, we've read here in Mark, let's go to Luke's account to get a fuller picture of what happened here in Mark. You need to realize there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Remember this, there's one gospel, but there's four accounts of it, correct? And to get the full picture of what Jesus did in his ministry, you need to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and put them all together, and then you get the full picture of what happened in his ministry, all right? And so now we just read Mark's account. Let's look at Luke's account of it. We'll, we'll, see, and we'll see why they were offended. Notice here in Luke, the fourth chapter, we'll pick up in verse 16. Luke 4, 16. So he came to Nazareth. Okay, so now this is Luke's account of what we just read in Mark. Okay, so some similar things, but Luke's going to tell us more of what went on. So he comes to Nazareth, Jesus does, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read or, or to teach, okay? But he stands up here, he's reading, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now he's, he's reading, Jesus is standing up and he's reading from Isaiah, and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Well, now that's all real good. Now you need to realize this is a messianic passage. This, you know what I mean by that? This, this has to do with the Messiah and the coming Messiah, Okay. That's what this verse has to do with, the coming Messiah. So he gets up and he reads that. 
in his hometown. And then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, now now here's where they got offended. He said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now what happened right here? He proclaimed himself to be who? The Messiah. Messiah. Now, we just want to stop and think about that just for a moment. Do you realize what Jesus just did right there? Do you realize how significant it is and how astounding this would be to his hometown crowd? All of a sudden now, this, this boy that they watched grow up, carpenter, son of the carpenter, He's got his brothers and sisters. We've known this guy, this, this guy since he's been a little boy. All of a sudden now, he's standing there, and he's not just proclaiming himself as a prophet. He's not just proclaiming himself as a teacher, a good teacher. He's proclaiming himself to be the Messiah. He's proclaiming himself to be very God, isn't he? Absolutely. Can you see now why they were offended? They were offended. Absolutely. Absolutely. They were, they were absolutely offended. And you know, it's interesting as you study into the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know that the people back there then should have known that it was time for the Messiah to come. You know, Jesus one time got aggravated with the people and he said to them, he said, you can discern the, 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 the weather you know, he said when a certain, when a cloud arises, you know, and it arises in the west or whatever, you know that a, a, a storm is coming or whatever. But he said you can't discern the signs of the times. You know, if, if these people had studied the prophets of the Old Testament, they, 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 they should have known that it was the season for the Messiah. Wow, I guess I'm not supposed to be on Facebook today. <laughs> Why don't you just, just just let it go? It's okay, it's okay. I don't think it's, I think our holders our holder is uh, is off. You know, I think that's why I had the Lord had me teaching junior high for all those years. You know, because you never you got to always expect the unexpected. You know, you got to expect the unexpected. You know, have you ever seen Dennis the Menace? Have you ever seen Dennis the Menace? You know, and well, have you or haven't you? I'm talking about the one with Mr. with uh, Walter Matthau. How many remembers the one with Walter Matthau, you know? And I really enjoyed that, you know, and, and he had his problems with Dennis. And then at, at, at the very end, you know, he made up with Dennis. Remember that? And, and so uh, uh, Dennis's parents are going to put Dennis in the daycare, you know? Remember that? And... Uh, and so Mr. Wilson says, no, no, no. Why, why do you want to put Dennis in the daycare? I'll, Martha and I, just send the little tyke over. We'll take care of Dennis. Remember that? And, and, and about that time, Dennis was over across the way. He was, bar, he was uh, roasting a marshmallow. Do you remember that? And no more than Mr. Wilson said, oh, just let the little tyke come over. You know, hey, you got to roll with the punches. You got to expect the unexpected. How many remembers that? 
no, send Dennis over here. He doesn't have to go to the daycare. And so Dennis has that, he has that marshmallow on fire. And then it, he does that and it comes off the stick. It comes flying across the yard. It hits Mr. Wilson right on the top of the forehead, you know, there. And it's, it's, it's on fire on his forehead. And the very next thing you see is Dennis sitting in the daycare, you know. Hey, 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 hey put him into daycare. <laughs> so some days you just like, like, like that. So, okay, so our, our holder for the, if you don't realize, we're, we go out on Facebook, but our, our clipper there isn't working. So it's okay. All right, so let's get back to it here. So uh, they should have known that it was time for the Messiah to come. They should have known that. And you know what always has astounded me is that the, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, they studied the prophets. They studied the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. And yet they, Jesus shows up and, and they, they didn't recognize him, but yet you have blind men that recognized who he was. Isn't that something? It's something, isn't it? You see, those Pharisees and scribes, they had become so so religious if you will and they got so caught up with all the rules and the regulations and all the this and the that that they that when the messiah did appear they couldn't recognize him so they should have known that it was time for the lord to appear but but they didn't and so he stands up and he declares himself to be the messiah and they're offended with him now look at verse 22 so all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Now, what gracious words? Well, now this, this is before they really get offended in him, okay? See, they weren't offended by his healings and his miracles. They were offended because he proclaimed himself to be who? The Messiah. The Messiah. But so, so what gracious words... Were they hearing from him? Well, he just read from the prophet Isaiah. So he was, he was reading from the Bible. He was telling them everything, everything that, you know, was going hunky-dory. Everything was good. Everything was wonderful. Until he said something that they didn't like. And all of a sudden, now it's a whole different deal. They turned on him just like that. You know, I, 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 I've... <laughs> I know this from preaching now for 25, 30 years, whatever it's been. I know over the many, many, many years, I'll be going along just teaching the Word of God. Everything's going good, you know. And uh, I, I'll say something maybe that, that folks don't like. And you can, you can tell. You can tell when, you know, you, if you've never been on this end of the pulpit, you don't know what I'm talking about. But, but I tell you what, you can be going right along and everybody, as long as everybody's agreeing with what the pastor's saying, you know, everything's just wonderful. But boy, I tell you what, you can, you can say one sentence and things can turn just that quick. Absolutely, just that quick. And that's what happened to Jesus here. He was going along reading from Isaiah, you know, everything's wonderful. Until he says, today... This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He proclaims himself the Messiah. And all of a sudden that crowd shifted on him and changed. And we're going to see how much here as we read on. Now look here. In verse uh, uh, 22. So all bore witness to him and marveled at these gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. But then here it comes. Is this not Joseph's son? 
Didn't we read about this back in Mark? And his sister's here, and he's just the carpenter. Remember that? And so now they, they, they've switching on him now. And he said to them, now notice verse 23. He said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. See, he hadn't done any miracles right here in Nazareth. They'd heard about what he had done elsewhere. And he talks about this proverb. Now, the general meaning of this proverb, physician, heal yourself, uh, generally what this means is before a, a, a physician would heal others of sickness, he's supposed to heal himself, you see. That's what the proverb really means. In other words, you know, like if, uh, let's just say that you had a certain problem in your body, uh, you know, and before you went to the, to the doctor to get help for that problem, if you told the doctor, let's say he had a problem in another part of his body, you would tell him, well, why don't you heal yourself before you heal me? See, well, that would eliminate a lot of doctors, wouldn't it? Because you see, see what I'm saying? Well, you know, if you're really a doctor, if you're really, you know, a doctor, you ought to be able to heal yourself. And you need to heal yourself before you treat me. That's what that, that, that uh, proverb meant, you see. But here, what it means is, among other things I could say, is they were telling him, you've done great healing miracles elsewhere. Why can't you do them here at home? Now, can anybody tell me why he couldn't do them here at home? Because of their doubt and unbelief. Did he want to heal people there? Did he want to heal them all? Is, this God, is, it, is, it, is it God's will to heal everybody? Yeah, absolutely. It's his will. It's his will. You try saying that sometimes. It's his will to heal everybody. Right? Is it God's will to leave anybody sick? No. It's his will to heal everybody. Is that right? Absolutely the truth. Absolutely the truth. It's, it's his will to heal everybody. But here that he couldn't do it because of their doubt and unbelief. And uh, so, uh, so, so what they were essentially saying to him here, or what, he was, what they're going to say to him is, hey, you've done great miracles everywhere else, but you know, wh- why can't you do them here? And we know it's because of the doubt and unbelief. Uh, also, by the way, I'll just throw this in. Does anybody remember when Jesus was on the cross? Remember what they said to him, among other things, the crowd mocking him? They said, you've, you've saved others, but yourself you cannot save. Remember that? Anyway, look at verse 24. How many of you know Jesus could have saved himself if he wanted to? How many of you know he could have called legions of angels and come off that cross? Is that right? How many of you glad he didn't come off that cross? I tell you, he's something else, isn't he? And, and, and he cries out, Father, what? Forgive, for they know not what they do. But anyway, let's get back to it. Verse 24. And then he said, Surely I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. What he's, what he's saying here is, is that 
Elijah and Elisha, they were out of Israel, if you will, but they weren't respected there as they should, so they had to go elsewhere to see the healing power of God flow. Similarly, Jesus is in his hometown. He can do no mighty work there because they didn't respect him. They didn't honor him. You understand that? They had the doubt and unbelief. And so he had to go elsewhere to do the great healing, healing miracles, you see. You know, it's so important that we respect the people that God sent to us. Is that right? And Jesus, in his, in his discussions with the scribes and the Pharisees in his parables, would talk about how God would send prophets, and, and they wouldn't respect the prophets over the many years. So finally, he sent his son, and they wouldn't even respect his son, but they, but they crucified him. You know, it's important that we respect the folks, God send, the folks that God sends to us. Very important. Very important. Anyway, uh, now, this is, so, so he comes in there, he, he gets up, he teaches, he reads from Isaiah, he proclaims himself, everybody's happy until he proclaims himself as the Messiah. Now everybody's upset, aggravated, offended, so on and so forth. And then, of course, at this point, is where he tries to lay hands on people and, 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 and heal them, and he could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief. Now notice verse 28. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, now they're not just offended, they're filled with what? Wrath. With wrath. Anger. So they went from you know, loving the gracious words until he proclaims himself the Messiah and now they're angry. Now let's see how angry they are. And rose up and thrust him out of this. Now watch this. Now this is Jesus. Now watch this. They rose up and thrust Jesus out of the city. And they led him to the brow or the edge of the hill on which their city was built that they might throw him down over the cliff. You think about what the Lord went through. Do you realize, I'm going slow here because I want you to get it. Sometimes I go too fast and, and you can't really grasp what the Lord's been working on slowing me down a little over the years. I, I want you to get this. Do you realize what just happened here to Jesus? The Lord, his hometown crowd takes him out to the edge, to a cliff. And they're gonna, they got so angry with what he, he said there that now they're going to throw him off the cliff. Of course, it says, then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. And remember what he went his way doing? He went about in a circuit teaching and preaching. Okay. I, I, I tell you what. I remember one time many years ago, this goes back many, 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 many years ago. We had an a, a elderly couple that attended the church. As I'm talking about here how the crowd took a hold of Jesus and took him out to the edge of the hill. We had an elderly couple in our church and they were just a great couple. And they'd been here for many, many years, but they had to move away. Uh, something or other happened and they had to move away over into Illinois, I believe is where it was. And in the process of time, they had, they had a, a, a granddaughter. And uh, 
and, and, and there was a tragic accident happened, and, uh, and, and she was killed. And so uh, uh, the funeral was going to be held over in Illinois, and uh, the, the, her grandparents, uh, now I was not the girl's pastor, but the grandparents uh, asked if I would say a few words and preach like a, a little mini sermon after her pastor had preached the sermon or, you know, the, the eulogy. So I agreed to do it, certainly. And so I went over there, and when I got there, the funeral home, there, there, must, have been, there must have been, I don't know, conservatively 300 or more people just packed into this, young people, all different ages. And uh, we always want to be respectful, you know, I always want to be respectful and all of that. But uh, when it, the, the pastor got up and uh, basically went on how God caused that car accident and that how God took her life and that he needed an angel in heaven he had a set of wings up there for this girl and just on and on and just laid off on God. How many of you know God's not a killer? I said God's not a killer. God didn't kill that little girl. But they went on and on and on, this guy did, about how God essentially, he didn't come out and say God killed her, but he might as well have said it. You know people have some of the most bizarre thoughts about when things happen. What do we just read? Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. How many of you know there is a devil out there? There really is. And, and, and God's not in the... The thief, Jesus said, the thief comes not for, but for to what? Steal? Kill and what? Destroy. But I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Is that right? Is that what Jesus said? So I'm sitting there and this, this fellow is going on and on and everybody's weeping and wailing. And, and as well, they, they should have been, you know, upset, certainly. But now I've got to get up and follow this. And we want to be respectful. We don't want to, you know. But, but I'm just not going to let people tell things on God like that that aren't so. So I got up there and I wasn't. I was as nice as I could be, but I began to talk about just the things that I shared with you, how God's a good God, and that he doesn't cause little girls 12 years old to be killed. And I went through that as nicely as I could. Now, why am I telling you this? Because when I did that, the air, the oxygen just sucked out of that room. You know what I mean by that? It, I mean, not really, but that's how it felt. And that crowd, I've never had a crowd, they turned on me. I'm trying to show you what Jesus must have been going through here. I was just experiencing it on a little small level. And I tell you what, I, I, I said what I had to say. I sat down and I tell you what, that's, that's the only time I've ever preached a message where I, 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 I feared for my life afterward. And I remember the couple, that elderly couple, came to me 
and said, Pastor Terry, you need to, we, so we appreciate what you shared. Said you needed to say it. We're glad you said it. It needed to be said. We're happy that you said it. But, but you need to you probably, probably get it for your own safety. You probably need to go. They weren't mad at me. They were glad I did it. Can you see what <laughs> I, I got out of Dodge, man? I did. But, I, but you know what? I told the truth about God. You know, folks need to realize that when people die, they don't go to heaven and become angels. And they don't have, get wings. Is that right? And you also need to realize that when people die, not everybody goes to heaven. You also need to realize that. Have you ever been to a funeral? And you know that that person that had died was a heathen. They didn't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ at all. And now we're going to put everybody in heaven. It's hard to preach a, a message for a lost person. But it's real easy to preach a message. You know, when a lost person dies and they're laying in the casket, it's hard to preach that. From my perspective, it's hard. But when a saved person has died and they're laying in the casket, it's real easy to preach that. Because what people need to know is that when you, as you live down here on the earth... You know, when you die, you're going to go one of two places. You're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. I said you're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. And what determines that? There's one thing that determines that. What have you done with the Lord Jesus Christ? What have you done with him? The Bible says it's not by our works of righteousness, which we have done, but it's according to his mercy that he saved us. The Bible says, for by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So you need to realize that, that what determines what happens to a person when they die is what they've done with the Lord Jesus Christ during their life. And the only way to miss hell and to make heaven is you have to repent of your sins and receive Jesus as your Savior. Believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead and confess him with your mouth. And if you do that, then when you die, your spirit leaves your body. And the Bible says you go up to be with the Lord, which is far better than being here. Can you say amen to that? And if you don't know the Lord, if you've never... if you've, And by the way, isn't it... Isn't it good to know that you don't have to know, you, ha, you don't have to quote the entire Bible to be saved? I've learned this, you, don't, you need to know as much as you can about the Bible, but you don't have to know a lot about the Bible to be saved, but you need to know the one who wrote the book. Can you say amen to that? Now, you need to learn as much about it as you can. But, but, but if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and you die, the Bible says that you'll go down, down, down into a place called hell. It's a terrible place, and it's eternal, and it's terrible. But you know what? The dumbest thing anybody ever did is go to hell. Is that right? Because you don't have to, because you can miss it that quick by receiving Jesus, you see. But, but people get all these, these bizarre things and, uh, in their heads uh, about, about when folks die, and you need to realize that... that you realize when you go to heaven, you don't become an angel. You realize that, don't you? You realize that. You realize you don't get wings. Is that right? You realize that. Like Clarence on a Wonderful Life. How many remembers Clarence on a Wonderful Life? You know. But see, people will watch. You know, people will watch a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. 
I've been doing this a long time. I'm talking about church people. And I'll hear church, I'm not talking about any of you, but over the many years, people will say, well, well, there, a bell rang. You know, that means an angel got their wings. You don't base your theology on a wonderful life. Can you say amen to that? But Christians, Christian, I'm talking about Christians, born again, spirit-filled Christians do that. So, so why did I get off on this? I was just trying to show you that I kind of know a little bit about what Jesus went through there to have a crowd. Now, you people are nice people. You're wonderful people. But see, I taught junior high for a lot of years before I went in the ministry. So the Lord was getting me ready for some of the rough crowds, you know. Now, the junior high kids are wonderful, but not all of them were. And so the Lord got me ready for the rough crowds while I was teaching junior high. But I've never had a spitball thrown at me in a church, thank God. But I, I did have a few when I was teaching junior high. But, uh, but be that as it may, uh, so I know a little bit about what, uh, what the Lord was going through. Now, let's conclude this. i got about five minutes left. Have you learned anything today? I'm going slower today than normal. I wanted you to get this. The Word of God's always good, isn't it? Now look at Mark, the sixth chapter. Let's look at what happened right after Jesus left here. He went out in a circuit teaching, preaching, and so forth. But look at Mark 6. Let's look at what happened right after he leaves his hometown. And let's look and see what happens when people do respect him and honor him. Let's take a look at it. In Mark 6.53, when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him, ran through the whole surrounding region, and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Remember I've told you again and again that Jesus' healing ministry would not have been what it was if he wouldn't have had people bringing the sick to him. We see it again and again. They brought the sick. They brought the sick. They brought the sick. They brought, they brought, they brought, they brought. Remember, we talked about that. And then also, too, I brought out to you that you could really see, you can test your faith. One way to test your faith is to see, are you bringing people to the Lord Jesus? Are you bringing people to the Lord Jesus? Are you telling people about the Lord Jesus? Uh, I, I found over the years that folks who aren't telling people about the Lord Jesus have a very low level of faith. But people who are telling people about the Lord Jesus, those folk have a high, high, high level of faith. And so you can examine yourself and see, do you have a high level of faith or a low level of faith? Have you been telling people about Jesus during the week? You know, Be that as it may, notice they ran through the whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Now, can you see these folks are honoring Jesus? Can you see that? Can you see they're respecting him? Can you see there's, there's no doubt and unbelief here, is there? I mean, they are doing everything that they know to do to get people to the Lord. And notice verse 56, wherever he entered into villages, cities... Are the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and be, begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. Just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were what? Made well. 
Now you think about that, what a stark contrast that is between his hometown and now just a short time afterward. He's in his hometown and can't, can't hardly get anybody healed, just a few with minor ailments. And now within just a short time, he's, mass multitudes are being healed. Can you see that, what, did Jesus have the same power in his hometown as he had out there in, in Gennesaret? Did he? Was it the same power? Was it the same power? Did God's will change from one place to the next? No. What changed? The people's honor and respect of that power in the Lord Jesus, you see. So let's always honor him and respect him. What do you say? All right, well, my time has elapsed, so let's everybody stand. We'll pick up right here next week. You can bow your heads. We'll have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. We thank you so much for allowing us to study your holy written word. It it, it continues to be an honor. Heavenly Father, to be able to follow our Lord Jesus Christ. throughout his healing ministry. And we know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so he was healing yesterday. He's healing today and he'll be healing tomorrow and the day after that and so forth. But we want to thank you for your healing power. We want you to know that we honor you and your power. So if there's any in this room here, first of all, if there's anybody in this room that you don't know the Lord Jesus, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And normally we'd have an altar call, you know, call people up here. But with this COVID stuff, we do it this way for now. We'll get back to the others later. But you know what? If you'll just repent in your heart, what does repent mean? Just have a change of mind, change of attitude from the way you've been going. You say, Lord Jesus, just call on his name. Say, come into my life. I mean, just that, just that quick, you change your eternal destiny from hell to heaven. So if you've never done that, receive him. Call on his name. And if you're here and you hadn't been living for the Lord as you should, hey, I want to encourage you, repent. Repent, get back to it. Get back to walking close with the Lord. The Bible says, That if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if that that pertains to you, uh, then then do that. Get back back in right, right fellowship with him. And if you're here and you have sickness in your body, it's the same process. You say, Lord, I receive my healing. See, God's done all he's gonna do to heal you. And see... Here again, folks a lot of times will say, oh, God, heal me. Well, God's already done everything he's going to do to heal you. It's not a matter of saying, God, heal me. It's a matter of you going before him and receiving that healing power that he's already provided. So, Lord, I receive my healing now in Jesus' name. Tell you what, if you'll do that and mean it, the power of God will flow through your body to effect a healing and a cure. Okay? 
But Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, we uh, hope you enjoyed it today. Hope you got something out of it. Don't forget Wednesday nights, my Bible studies are online. Friday night, my wife's are online. And we'll pick up back here next Sunday with this. All right, God bless you. You're dismissed.